Chapter 23 of the Radio Boys on the Mexican Border by Gerald Breckenridge. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 23 The Tables Turned. What was that? asked Frank, turning to Roy Stone, as the airplane bearing Jack and Bob on their romantic adventure dwindled into the darkening sky. I thought I heard a shout. Guess you did, said Stone. I heard it too. It came from the cave. Both turned to stare upward toward the distant cave. There was no sign of movement. Only the dim bulk of the rock obscuring the entrance could be distinguished. They looked at each other, a nameless fear stirring at their hearts. Then Frank shook himself and laughed. Ah, he said, this lonesome place seems spooky. I know what it must have been. It must have been Tom shouting a farewell to the fellows. I reckon you're right, said Stone, brightening. Sure, that must be it. Well, let's go back. We'll be starting in a couple of hours if all goes well. All right, said Frank, reaching to pluck one of the oil flares out of the ground. Stone halted him. Again he looked anxiously toward the cave. Let's not take the torches, said he. Why not? Just playing a hunch, said Stone. I have a feeling that all may not be well up at the cave. Frank dropped his voice unconsciously, as if fearing eavesdroppers in that lonely spot. To tell you the truth, he said frankly, I feel the same way. I say, I have an idea. Let's edge out of the light without hurry, not toward the cave, but out that way. He pointed in the direction taken by the airplane. We'll put our hands up to our eyes and pretend to be watching the sky for the airplane's flight. It would be natural for us to want to go beyond the light of these torches if we were trying to follow the boys with our eyes. That's the ticket, said Stone, and the two put Frank's plan into execution. Beyond the light cast by the torches, they paused. Darkness had descended now, in truth. Not even the shadowy bulk of the big rock before the entrance to the cave could be distinguished. Maybe we're making ourselves nervous over nothing, said Stone. I feel kind of foolish. After all, what could happen? That old cowman pal of yours looks pretty capable. He is, too, said Frank. Just the same. I feel we ought to be cautious. If Tom's all right when we reach the cave, well and good. But if he isn't... You're right, kid, said Stone. I'm no more of a coward than the next fellow, but if Morales and von Arnheim by any chance gained the upper hand and got their clutches on me, I'd hear the birdies sing. Frank had been thinking rapidly. Look here, he said. Isn't there some way we can sneak up there to find out if matters are all right or not? Suppose Tom has been overcome. We wouldn't stand much of a chance approaching the cave by the regular entrance. He paused and again stared upward. We've been gone a considerable time, he said nervously. You'd think if he were all right, Tom would have called to find out what was delaying us. Tell you what, said Stone. I've got a little private path to the top of the cave where the antenna's located. It isn't much more than a goat track, but we'll have to be goats. Never been up there in the dark, but I think I can make it. Are you game to follow me? Certainly, said Frank. If it will be of any advantage for us to do so. Well, there's a fissure through the rock down into the cave. That's where the Germans that put in the radio plant made their hookup. We can listen there and maybe hear something to guide us. Oh, I remember that, said Frank, and added excitedly. Maybe I could crawl down into the cave. You might be able to at that, said Stone. You're pretty slight, but it would be a ticklish proposition without any rope from above. Well, if you're on, let's go. Turning, he struck off across the valley, approaching the hill some distance from the path leading to the cave. Frank followed closely at his heels. Soon they began mounting upward. 
The climb in the darkness became more and more difficult, made more so by the care they exercised to prevent dislodging stones. They feared the clatter of these descending to the bottom would betray them. Once Stone, who was in the lead, slipped and slid backward, clutching frantically to stay his fall. Fortunately, Frank was well braced at the moment and was able to stop him. After a rest to regain their breath and calm their shaking nerves, they resumed the climb. At length, Frank's feet were on level ground, and ahead he saw the outlines of two latticed towers of familiar construction, and between them overheard the strands of the antenna. The German, Stone earlier had explained, had built the towers in such fashion that the crest of the hill hid them from the plain on one side, while they were so far back from the edge of the flat plateau crowning the hill as to be also hidden from view from the valley. Whispering an injunction to Frank to follow close at his heels, Stone crawled on hands and knees to the fissure in the rocks down which led the wires of the hookup. It was not a straight descent into the cave, and no light came from it, but the two knelt in the darkness and put their heads close to the black opening to listen. A murmur of speech could be heard distinctly coming up through the hole. Frank could not distinguish the words, but with his limited knowledge of Spanish he was able to decipher that language was being employed. "'What is it?' he whispered to Stone. "'Can you hear? Are they speaking in Spanish?' "'Silence. Just a minute,' answered Stone. His voice was anxious. Frank obeyed the command. In a moment, Stone lifted his head and said hoarsely, "'It's Morales. He and the German must have overcome your friend in some way, and I think he's got the Calamari's ranch on the phone and is giving warning that your friends are on the way.' Frank groaned. "'Then, when Jack and Bob land, they'll be surprised and captured.' Oh, can't we do something? Excitedly, he jumped to his feet. Let's put the radio out of commission. Stone leaped up and laid a restraining hand on his arm. No, no, wait a minute. The damage is done already. These fellows already have given sufficient warning to put them on guard at the ranch, even though they can't have told them the whole story. They stood undecided, looking at each other in the starlit darkness. With an exclamation, Frank seized Stone by the arm. In his excitement, he shook it. "'Jack and Bob both clamped the headpieces on when they left in the airplane,' he said. "'And Jack tuned the radio to the pitch of this station "'in order to be able to call us after rescuing his father. "'Why, he must have heard Morales give his warning. "'Yes, siree. Why, this isn't so bad.' "'In their relief, the two laughed a trifle hysterically. "'In a moment, however, Frank sobered again. "'Just the same,' he said. "'The ranch would get the warning unless—' "'Unless what?' "'Unless—' jack was quick enough to grasp the situation stone slapped his leg i see what you mean he said your friend jack could call the ranch too and interfere so much that morales message would be all twisted up that's it said frank and when it comes to thinking quickly and acting at once you can count on jack just the same he added he can't keep that up forever and when he lands which he'll have to do shortly interrupted stone because the ranch is only fifty miles from here why then, continued Frank, these fellows can get their warning to the ranch and the boys will be captured, or at least their plan to rescue Mr. Hampton will be spoiled. No, sir, we'll have to wreck the radio plant here to give them a chance. If Jack has been able so far to interfere with the warning and we put this plant out of commission now, they may be able to carry out their rescue after all. Let's see, how will we go about it? Both had been so engrossed that they had failed to notice a dark form which, after creeping noiselessly up the slope, had started edging across the little plateau. Now this form suddenly straightened up and leaped forward. 
Frank cried out in alarm and jumped sideways just as a spurt of flame split the darkness. The bullet sped by, leaving him unharmed. Stone, who was closer and stood with back turned, whirled about. The charging form cannoned into him, and he went down. End of chapter 23